Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Phil Steyer. He is a corporate veterinarian, otherwise known as the head veterinarian, I guess, at Sanderson Farms. We call and that. also a contributor to Poultry Health Today. We appreciate all the articles you write for us. Thank you. Well, thank you for letting me express myself. Well, you're never short of an opinion. I have one about everything. Uh, you do. Yes. You do. That's one of the reasons why we love Dr. Phil. There you go. Let's talk about um, biosecurity. Uh, you've written about that topic many times. And in one of your articles, you said the best risk is no risk. That sounds like a pretty hard line. You're not taking any prisoners. Well, we'd like to be that way. And so unfortunately, still things happen. And we try to learn each time something does happen. And recently, we've had another issue of ringotracheitis. And like, it's like a mini case of avian influenza. It tells us where our weak points are. And I think it behooves all of us to learn from our mistakes. So that's what I've been doing recently, is trying to find out our biosecurity program, somehow there was a risk, but somehow the disease got through. So I think I found another, another issue, another weak spot. Well, and let's, let's talk about that in a moment. But now, you went down this dark road a couple of years ago lost something like 700,000 birds to ILT, and I think it resulted from a bird that didn't even come from your flock. Didn't some guy do a favor and process a, a yes. bird for somebody else on his farm, and then it infected yours? Well, that was uh, breaking basic biosecurity. That just shouldn't have never happened. This case we have now in 2016, 2017, seems like it's a community disease. Laryngotracheitis, if your neighbor gets it, you can get it. And there gets to be a point with so much virus in the environment, it's hard not to track it down the farm lane. And something we have not done until recently is required our growers to alter their behavior and not come down the farm lane. It's their own farm. But they go to the community, and since they go on the community road, they've been exposed to ringotracheitis. So the only way they can not get it into their birds is to not drive down their own driveway. And that's a bit extreme, but that's what we're trying to do this time. So what's the answer to that? Because if it's if, it, if you just are gonna pick it up by driving down the highway, I mean, you just keep all the vehicles off the farm? I mean, what's the solution? Well, that is a solution. Most of our farmers do have on-farm trucks. They could park it and then park their uh, personal vehicle away from the farm truck and then drive the farm truck only on the farm and not get the farm truck out on the road. Uh, we have our, I mean, necessary to deliver feed. So our feed trucks are a potential source of bringing virus down into the farm. But those feed trucks don't spend much time there and we just disinfect them onto the farm. The farmer tends to park their truck for a prolonged period of time. So best I can tell in my investigations is that the farmer parked in front of the cool cell in the area inlets, and whatever was on the back of their truck got inside the chicken house. Because usually laryngotracheitis walks in the side door with their feet. In the case that we've had of late here in North Carolina, it's coming in the inlet end, which means it's being brought in via air. So somehow the source is right there in one of those houses, and pretty much all the farms we've had break with LT the house that broke was closest to where the farmer's parking his truck. So it gave me this idea that the farmer's driving it down the lane with his truck. Amazing. I mean, at times you must feel like you're more of a detective than a veterinarian. When I'm there, I'm pretty upset. I'd rather be a veterinarian than a detective, yes. Um, and like I say, we would rather have no risk at all, but we still got to take care of our chickens, got to be there on the farm. So how to balance that out, you know, to take care of the animal, but limit the amount of risk and exposure. So we can stop parking away from vehicles and limit the number of people in the houses. And we'll do this for a season. You know, hopefully someday when this goes away, we get back to a little bit more normal behavior. But during these times of increased disease pressure, we need to do some things differently. Now, I'm assuming this situation is not unique to Sanderson Farms and its growers. You're a member of the AAAP. You talk to other veterinarians. What are you hearing from them? 
a lot of folks just say we can't change our growers' behavior. And I think that's a little different mentality of different uh, industries, different corporations. Sanderson Farms, for instance, writes a 15-year contract with their growers. There's a long-term commitment there. I think it's unique in the industry. And so we also require more of our growers. You know, we're going to be with them for a long time. Let's do this right. So I don't know that my peers have that same amount of influence and uh, oversight that we do at Sanderson Farms. You've obviously have had a lot of experience with biosecurity and ILT. What have you learned about ILT vaccination? Uh, nothing's bulletproof. Um, we have done vaccines, uh, tissue culture in our pullets, an eye drop. We've done Inovo, recombinant LT. We've done um, this field of vaccination CEO. And they all have their shortcomings. There's no perfect LT vaccine out there. We wish there were. But anytime you mess with this disease, it seems like it's going to pop up somewhere else. The best thing is not to have it at all. Exactly. And, and I guess you know, part of your ILT vaccination decision is going to hinge on what vaccines you're using for other diseases. So if you're using a recombinant for Newcastle or IBD, for example, you can't use it for ILT. Or you change your vaccine programs, what we've elected to do, right? Yeah. We went with the recombinant and then more and do more. And then also what's available now. We're finding there's sometimes supply issues and you can't always do what you want to do. Sometimes you're limited by what vaccines are available.